Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Well, Arkansas about to take its first road trip of the season, part of a four-game stretch away from the friendly confines of Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, and you couldn't really have a more intimidating environment, a night game in Baton Rouge, 102,321-seat capacity in Tiger Stadium, also known as Death Valley. Curtis Wilkerson is going to hop on with us from Hogsports.com and help us break down the matchup. We're also going to go over to Glenn West at Go. 24-7, that's G-E-A-U-X 24-7, uh, the senior writer over there, he's going to help us break down this matchup as well. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Well, before we get started, I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. If you haven't followed the page yet on Facebook, go ahead and do that. Also available on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to that channel, hit the notifications bell uh, and subscribe so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Did you know that 71% of the people who watch the videos aren't subscribed to our YouTube channel? That's weird. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review if you haven't done that. And uh, we're also available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. We also love to have a five-star review on Spotify. So go check us out on plenty of different platforms. And if you've got uh, somebody in your family who, you know, maybe they don't know about YouTube, maybe they're older, Papaw or something, show them the show. Let them watch it on your phone or something or on your computer. I'm sure they'll enjoy it if they're a big Razorback fan. All right, where to start? Well, this game is at 6 o'clock ESPN on the mothership in Baton Rouge. There's not many better environments than what you'll see. If you haven't ever been to a game in Death Valley, then uh, you should consider taking a trip sometime. This game has been uh, it's been pretty close the last few years. It's been a three-point game. Arkansas won in Baton Rouge. That was uh, like, a, what, a 6.30 kickoff last time in Baton Rouge. And Arkansas went down there and won 16-13 in overtime uh, last year. 13-10 LSU. So it's been a very close matchup. The betting line right now, according to the Bet Saracen app, is 17 and a half. 17 and a half points. I think it's like 54 and a half the over-under. But 17 and a half in favor of number 12 LSU in this one, despite all the close matchups. Obviously, these teams had very different experiences last time out with LSU just throttling Mississippi State and then Arkansas having a disappointing home loss against BYU. Injury report real quick, Rocket Sanders. I'm not expecting to see Rocket Sanders. Sanders ran for 1,443 yards last season, 10 touchdowns, and was banged up in the first game. May have been banged up before that, but not expecting to see him. He has done some stuff at practice, uh, but, I mean, usually when you're coming off like a knee and you've missed some games and stuff, usually like you start easing your way into practice, you don't play that week. Maybe maybe he travels. I don't know if he'll travel. Uh, and then the next week, you'll probably see him. So I'm kind of thinking we'll see him for Texas A&M, but not for LSU, which is, which is tough. I mean, 
It's the first team All-SEC running back that you're not going to have against one of your tough opponents, toughest opponents all year, maybe the toughest. I mean, based on what we've seen so far in the SEC, this might be Arkansas's toughest matchup. Again, first trip on the road. So it's a difficult, difficult matchup. But, uh, you know, Arkansas has played them well before. I want you to go check out our friends at Ozarks Go if you're considering changing your internet service or getting internet. Um, if you're in northwest Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, you can't find better internet service than our friends at Ozarks Go. That's 479-684-4900. If you want to reach them, you can also go online, find out if they're available in your area. It's ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G. Uh, I've had great experience with them. I've used Ozarks Go for two and a half years. I've used just about every single uh, uh, ISP out there. All, all, every internet provider, I've tried them. And uh, nobody has come close to the quality of Ozarks Go in terms of consistency. Uh, I use their multi-gig, which is 2,500 megabits per second, which is basically lightning fast. You don't even – there's no lag or anything. Before that, I had gigabit service, which I think is great for most people. It's better than – uh, you know, any, any internet you were getting five years ago uh, that was available around here. So uh, that's going to be great for most people. They also offer several different tiers of internet service. Go check out our friends at ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G, 479-684-4900. They're local. You're going to talk to somebody who probably wants to talk about the Razorbacks if you got some downtime. But uh, if you want to ask them about being available in your area, if you get Ozarks Electric, you probably get Ozarks Go. So not going to have Rocket Sanders, obviously, most likely for this one. There's a chance for Devon Manuel, and we'll see what Sam Pittman has to say about that and some more things here in a little bit. But there's a chance for Devon Manuel, who oddly is the only player on this roster from the state of Louisiana. And it's not like they've just knocked it out of the park with Louisiana guys lately. It used to be you'd get some guys from Louisiana, got a chip on their shoulder, didn't get offered by LSU, and they'd play their tails off. You know, we saw that in the 2015 game with some guys from Louisiana really having strong performances. You've got one guy, and, you know, he's he may not play. I think he will, as Sam Pittman kind of puts it. You know, Andrew Chambly, a healthy Andrew Chambly is a better option than a dinged-up Devon Manuel. A, de, a healthy Devon Manuel is going to be their best option at left tackle, though. I think that's what you can kind of take away from that. You know – this is this is weird, y'all. I'll be I'm leaving tomorrow. There's a, actually a direct flight. Maybe you're on the flight with me. There's a direct flight from uh, from XNA to Baton Rouge this year, which is fantastic. So I love that. But uh, I have not been to I have not been to a true road game. Not counting Southwest Classic or neutral site or bowl game. I've got a seven and four record at bowl games. Okay, I'm better than Arkansas overall record. So I've got a 7-4 record in bowl games. I have not attended a road win, and I've been to more than I've not been to. I like to lay back for maybe one or two every year and watch the game at home. I like that experience too, mix it up a little bit. But I've not been to a road win since 2016. I can't remember if I was at that Mississippi State game. I think I was in 2016. I know I was at uh, – Amon G. Carter Stadium for TCU when they went down there and won in 2016. The reason I can't remember Mississippi State because I've been there a few times, uh, and I just can't remember if that was one of the games I was there for. But I know that's the only time I've been to uh, TCU, so I remember that I was there for that one. But like last year, I didn't go to Auburn because you have to fly into Atlanta, you've got to get a rental car, drive two hours, and then you sit in the worst seat in the country, the worst press box in the country. 
is at Auburn. So why would I do that? So I've kind of, uh, since I went there last time and they'd actually moved the press box there, I vowed I would not go back. So I haven't been back to Auburn since they did win there last year. But I've laid off some games that uh, that they've won, you know, here and there. Obviously, there was a long stretch between 18 and 19 where they just didn't win any, you know. So I'm not a curse. I'm not a curse, though, because I am 7-4 and four in bowl games. I, I went to 2021 uh, in Arlington when they, be, when they beat uh, Texas A&M there. So for some reason, though, these, like, true road games, I am I'm just not performing very well. We'll see if that changed. Arkansas 17-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Jaden Daniels, uh, obviously uh, an interesting matchup. I think this is a great quarterback matchup between K.J. Jefferson and Jaden Daniels. I mean, the guy just absolutely lit up. He was 30-34 passing last weekend for 361 yards and two touchdowns. Also ran for 64 yards and two more touchdowns. He is off to a fantastic start. A much better start than K.J. Jefferson, and that was kind of the argument between those two. Who's the best quarterback in the SEC, kind of between those two guys. So this is a good matchup to see. Now, he's probably had a little bit better protection up front on the offensive line than Arkansas. And, he's you know, when you look at what they've done, you know, statistically, um, LSU has faced two really tough – you know, I didn't say two really tough. I don't know how good Mississippi State is, but – Two notable opponents, Florida State and Mississippi State. And you look at their offense, I mean, they're 10 in scoring offense, 45.7, 6. This is national, 6 nationally in total offense, 537. You know, if you flip it over to Arkansas, their total defense, 257.3. I mean, 11th, 19 uh, points a game allowed, 45th. You know, you look at the rushing defense, Arkansas, 55.7 rushing yards allowed per game. That's 4th. LSU isn't like just setting the world on fire rushing, but they're pretty darn good, 192.7. They also didn't have their top two running backs um, for the Mississippi State game – or, excuse me, for the Florida State game also. So that's why one reason I think their numbers are maybe a little bit down and Jaden Daniels is leading them in rushing barely, I think, by like a yard right now. So you flip it over to the other side, Arkansas's offense, scoring a good number of points, 38 points a game. Again, they've only played one notable opponent out of the three that they've faced right now. Um, you know, LSU's defense allowing 23 points a game, allowing 338 yards per game, 10th. Arkansas' total offense only putting up 370 yards a game, which is um, – again, sorry, these are SEC ranks. My bad. So, Andrew Ellis does this one. I did national ranks, and Andrew did SEC ranks. So, um, that's why I was, I was, like, looking. I was like, this doesn't sound right. But LSU allowing 23 points a game, which is 11th in the SEC. So, not that great. Total defense, 338.3 yards per game, 10th in the SEC. Arkansas's offense is 12th in the SEC. Total offense, scoring offense is 6th. So, kind of middle of the pack there. But – I think it'll be an interesting matchup. I think it'll be a little bit closer. I'm kind of thinking more along the lines of 27-17 LSU. So, LSU winning, but maybe not covering 17.5. I just think both defenses are really good, um, and I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring game. I think this will be – I'm not saying Arkansas's defense is like what Florida State's is, but I, I just think it's Arkansas is a lot better on defense than Mississippi State is, in my opinion. 
Obviously, we talked about Jaden Daniels. Looks like Mason Taylor will be back, 6'6", 255. He missed the Mississippi State game. They're tied in. Had 38 catches for 414 yards and three touchdowns as a freshman last season. We know what Malik Neighbors did. Uh, don't forget about Brian Robinson, Jr., but Neighbors had 13 catches for 239 yards and two touchdowns last weekend against Mississippi State. Had almost 200 yards in the first half in that game. LSU offensive line averages 6'5", 320 per man, 63 career starts. Both of their tackles were top 100 recruits. One was a top 50 recruit and Will Campbell and Emory Jones. They're the most experienced guys with 15 and 16 starts. Um, and then their center has also, I believe, 15 starts. Charles Turner, who is, uh, I think, a redshirt junior. Obviously, there's, you know, you've got one guy from LSU – or from Louisiana and Manuel, but you got Nudie McLaughlin and and uh, Landon Jackson, who are, who are former LSU players. So, all right, I want to go ahead and hop over to Glenn West. If you want to follow Glenn West, you can follow him at Glenn West twenty one. He is the Go twenty four seven senior writer. Let's bring up Glenn here. Does a great job over there. Been there for a few years. Glenn is probably the tallest guy in the twenty four seven Sports Network. At a clean 610. Whoop. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keep doing that. Hey, Glenn, how you doing, man? Hey, Trey, doing great. Glenn, I wanted to uh, we'll just hop right into it. Um, I'll see you on Saturday. Where yes, should sir. I go eat, by the way? Where, if we're visiting fans coming to Baton Rouge. What's the, what's uh, the you got one meal? Well, I, I don't think you can go wrong with a Paran shrimp, fried shrimp po' boy. That's uh, that's just me personally. Uh, Paran's a great little seafood joint up here in Baton Rouge, and so uh, if you like fried shrimp, if you like crawfish, and any kind of seafood, that's probably your place to go. I think I went there actually a few years ago, um, and do remember <laughs> being quite good. So. I kind of wanted to, you know, I asked you a few questions earlier in the week and, um, you know, just wanted to, to ask you a little bit about um, Jaden Daniels. Just 
Your thoughts on him, like he's, he seems like he's just taken such a step forward from the guy we saw last year who was good, but this year he's just been on a different level. What do you, what is, what do you attribute that to, his, his success so far this season? Yeah, I will preface these statements by kind of saying that uh, I think last week was probably the, the best we've ever seen Jaden throw the ball uh, mm-hmm. against Miss State. I mean, he was just locked in on the deep part of the field, especially with his connection with Malik Neighbors. Um, and it's something that we've really kind of been waiting to see. You know, we heard all off season about how the coaching staff was trying to get him to be more aggressive with the ball downfield and to trust his arm, trust his receivers downfield to go make plays. And uh, quite honestly, for the first couple of weeks, we didn't see a whole lot of that uh, aggressiveness and it's kind of attack mode through the air. Um, and so we were just kind of really waiting on him to really tap into that part of his game and, um, boy, did he show it against Mississippi State. I mean, he threw some absolute darts uh, to, to neighbors, to Brian Thomas Jr., who's having a nice little resurgence here. But um, I, I think that the biggest thing for him is just about kind of rewiring his mentality of, of being a more aggressive passer down the field. And it certainly showed uh, last weekend. Now you just want to see it kind of carry over into some more consistency week to week. Yeah, one of the most experienced players in the country also from his time at Arizona State and LSU. He's got like 46 starts or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. flipping it to the other side, um, people keep talking, you know, about Arkansas's matchup with BYU and, hey, BYU's defensive line better than better than expected, you know, all this stuff. And I look at it, man, I see Makai Wingo and Mason Smith, Harold Perkins, you know, linebacker, and Sabian Jones at defensive end. I mean, if 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 Arkansas thought BYU had a good defensive line, I mean, why do they get a load of these guys? Yeah, they're going to be facing some grown men uh, this week, and I, I think that's really the matchup that LSU's going to have to take advantage of. Uh, you know, last week they were able to get some pressure on Will Rogers, uh, and and so to a point where Rogers was really uh, kind of rattled, I think, and he really had a very inefficient performance because there was just pressure always in his face and uh you mentioned some of the names there i I would throw in savion jones has been a really big time player for them uh these last couple weeks he seems to be uh really kind of emerging but uh mason smith and makai wingo on the interior are going to be a handful Uh, i think they've finally settled in on the role that uh worked so well for harold perkins last year i mean uh, earlier this season they were having him at inside linebacker and he looked very hesitant very uh, kind of unsure of the position, and so they've very quickly scratched that, and they've kind of made him more of a traditional outside backer, and so he's uh, playing the slot. He's dropping in coverage every once in a while, but they've really got him coming off the edge uh, at a pretty rapid pace here mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, and so I think they'll continue to, to lock into that. Obviously, the Arkansas game last year was a real breakout performance for for Harold and kind of uh, you know, announcing himself on the national stage. We'll see if he can replicate that performance. But um, really the front seven as a whole for LSU has been really stout. They've gotten some really good play from a freshman linebacker named Whit Weeks. Uh, he's, he's, he's really come along here in the last week or so and a lot of buzz around him and, and Greg Penn is the inside linebacker. So uh, this is going to be a tough matchup, I think, for the Arkansas O-line and uh, it's really going to, I think, help LSU's defense in the back half if they can get some pressure on uh, on KJ Jefferson and make sure that uh, he's not escaping and, and bowling over people in the second level. Yeah, last year Arkansas didn't have KJ Jefferson available for this one, obviously, but it just felt like it felt like it was Harold Perkins versus 
uh, Malik Hornsby, basically, and that wasn't yep. a good matchup for Arkansas uh, in a 13-10 game in that one. What happened with that Florida State game? And I'm, I watched that whole game. I watched the Mississippi State game also, bo- watched both of those live. Uh, but it was 17-14 at halftime, and then Florida State just ran away with yeah. it. What, what do you think happened in that game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think LSU got bullied a little bit in the second half, to be honest with you. They just did not come out with a lot of great energy – uh, in that second half, you could really see it really from the first uh, drive of the offense. You know, the offense had a really uh, great chance to kind of put its stamp on the game and kind of go ahead. And uh, they missed some opportunities early, which really, I think, hurt them later in the game because uh, they got worn down a little bit. And, and, and certainly, on I think, offensively, uh, there were miscues, there were drop balls, there were uh, you know, it, they could not. They had zero semblance of a run game. I think the running backs had a total of 14 yards for 11 carries, um, outside of one Josh Williams, uh, 35-yard run. So couldn't establish the run. There were drop passes. Couldn't get Jaden going very much with the passing game. And then uh, defensively, the length of our of uh, Florida State's receivers uh, really bothered LSU in the secondary, and they were able to take advantage of that. Uh, just doing a little bit of quick research, it looks like Arkansas has some length at, at their receivers. So if they are able to give KJ some time, I would expect him to take some shots in this game, really test the secondary. Uh, the secondary was not tested a whole lot uh, last week against Mississippi State, mainly because uh, LSU's front seven was so good. But uh, I, I am going to be very interested to see if, if, if Jefferson's going to have uh, a little bit more uh, free will to attack LSU's secondary and, and see what they're they're really made of. Glenn West joining us again. If you're an LSU fan and you stumbled upon this, uh, you can go to Go247. You guys know how to spell it, G-E-A-U-X, 24-7 on the 24-7 Sports Network, obviously, and go check out their content. Uh, Glenn, what's the latest with the uh, with the injury report and suspension report, if there's any suspensions out there? Yeah, so there's um, no suspensions that we know of. Um, sometimes they keep that stuff internal, but uh, injury report, uh, we'll get a more clear update from Brian Kelly today, um, but it sounds like LSU's going to get tight end Mason Taylor back uh, for this game. Sounds like they're going to get linebacker Omar Spates back for this game. Um, those are kind of the two that missed last weekend. Uh, Ovia Gofu also is a Jack linebacker they got from Texas. He missed last game as well with a little ankle turn. Uh, they think he's going to be good. So all those three players were listed as probable. Um, the one guy that I think a lot of people are thinking about right now is is Greg Brooks, the, the former Arkansas safety, who yeah. obviously has been here last year or so. Uh, went through a very scary situation, had a brain tumor removed last Friday. Uh, I think they're still waiting on results for him in terms of what his long-term prognosis is. Um, but I would be very surprised if we see him again this year. Obviously, it's taking care of his health is first and foremost, and uh, obviously all of our thoughts and prayers are kind of going with him right now in a really tough time. Absolutely right there with you on Greg Brooks. Um, very scary situation. So just uh, looking at this game, no good way to transition from from Greg Brooks' situation. Right, right. Um, looking at this game, how do you think things are, are going are gonna to play out when the sun finds its home in the western sky? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would probably say that um, I, I would expect LSU to win this game. I think they are on a trajectory right now where they're kind of establishing themselves as one of the teams to beat in the West. I mean, this has been a wide open SEC. Don't have to tell you that, but 
Um, this has been a, a, a year where I think there are a lot of teams that kind of feel like they could maybe weasel their way into the mix here at the top of the, of the division. So, um, But I think LSU is playing right now very confidently. Their offense has really found a nice uh, rapport over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the defense is, is kind of starting to come together. I think really this game's going to have to come down to the trenches. And can Arkansas's D-line, uh, who hasn't faced an, uh, an, you know, an offense quite like LSU's, I don't think, this year, uh, can they continue to get the kind of pressure that they were getting uh, in these first couple weeks against some of these teams? And can they kind of cause some havoc on LSU in the backfield? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I would imagine that LSU's offensive line uh, is a little bit more prepared uh, to handle this kind of matchup than they were against Florida State a couple weeks ago. Um, but if LSU is able to win in the trenches, uh, I think that this is going to be a pretty handy win for them. I kind of have them in that uh, 10 to 14 point win range. Don't think it's going to get to the 17 or 18 points that Vegas thinks it's going to be because this is always a pretty tight matchup. But uh, I do think LSU finds a way to pull pull off a victory in the end. All right, Glenn. Well, we really appreciate you joining us, and I'll uh, catch you on Saturday. Yeah. All right, Trey. See you then. Appreciate all right, Glenn. It. Everybody, that's Glenn West. Again, you can follow him at Glenn West 21. He's the Go 24-7 senior writer, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. I want to get to Sam Pittman now. Um, I asked him a few questions on Wednesday. If I can find the video. Here we go. All right, let's see what he had to say. When you and um, Coach Jimmy Smith came in, it seemed like there was more of an emphasis in SEC recruiting states and then, of course, your defensive staff, even more um, with that with Coach Woodson and Williams and such. Uh, but I was looking at the roster, and Devon is the only guy from Louisiana on the roster. Yeah, be a big influx, and guys that kind of had a chip on their shoulder from you know maybe not they weren't offered by LSU and Did stuff. Get offered by LSU, yeah. Um, you know, I don't. Trey, we're still sending some guys. Some of our guys that we had in there aren't here anymore, so that might be part of you know part of the transition. Might be part of the problem, um, but we're still in there. Uh, deep with our recruiting staff um, for whatever reason. You know, we've been pulling a few more out of Alabama instead of LSU, you know, instead of Louisiana. And I don't know if it's because we haven't been doing as good a job recruiting there or now, you know, with Coach Kelly or whomever or whoever it may be, uh, other schools are going into Louisiana more. I, I don't I don't have the answer. I wish I did. Uh, but you're right. We uh, think prior to me getting here, I think we – you know, obviously, Greg and those and and uh, Fouché and some of the guys were on our team. So uh, I don't know the answer to that, except maybe we've had a couple of coaches that had that area that aren't with us anymore, and maybe that's hurt us. I I don't really have a better answer than that. You talked about Brad Davis a little bit um, the other day, but I was curious about the what your thoughts are on the job he's done with those two. Uh, uh, well, they're sophomore, true sophomore offensive tackles, both highly recruited guys that played. I guess they were freshman All-Americans last year. Yeah, both were really good players. Uh, one of them was a captain, the, the left tackle. Uh, Emory, we tried to get here. We thought we were going to get him, you know, and and uh, uh, weren't able to get it done at the at the end. But they're playing. You know, they went some through some pains, uh, I think, coach's first year there, and then they got a little bit better last year, and then they're really playing well now. I'm not talking about the freshmen, but I'm talking overall as a as a line. Um, you know, anytime you have more experience, you're going you know you're going to play a little bit better, play a little bit better together as long as you stay healthy. Brad's a really good coach, good man. 
he lost his daddy about a month ago. So I know he's, he's hurting a little bit there, obviously, but, uh, I love Brad Davis. I think he's a great coach and, and, uh, they're doing a wonderful job over there. I just have one more. Um, I've been to Tiger Stadium. It doesn't sound as awful as the stuff you've been piping in. Uh, how did you guys, did you just decide, like, let's make it as awful as possible so it'll sound better when, when you get there? Or, or like, how one did you go about picking that track? <laughs> it's one of our goals this week, uh, Trey. We our, One of them is to embrace the noise. So we're trying to make it worse than what it possibly can be so we can go have fun with the crowd we know it's going to be loud and all those type things but one of us is one of one of our goals to embrace the noise so uh you're right we got it cranked now i tell you what i've never watched so much defense because i got through about period eight yesterday and i i couldn't i was about to throw up i had a headache everything else so I'm going to go over here and watch the defense a little bit, you know, see how they're doing, get away from it. But uh, they've done a nice job with it. Now, you know what it is. You're building confidence with that, that you've, you've had it plenty loud enough to handle any situation. All right. I want to take you over to our man, Curtis Wilkerson. Now you can follow Curtis at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He's the hog sports senior analyst and has done a great job for us for a number of years. Curtis, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Can't complain. How's it going? Uh, well, we've got some complaints. I mean, <laughs> there's, <laughs> you don't a, say. <laughs> there's a few reasons to complain. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Curtis, uh, we always ask you uh, five burning questions. You always ask five burning questions and list the keys to victory. As we know, four of our keys to victory are always going to be the same. Turnovers, penalties, special teams, and injuries. And you always add a fifth one. This week, you've added cleanup situational football. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes I try to be a, a little bit more specific with these things, but if you kind of look across the board, you know, whether it's two-minute offense or, or goal line, short yardage situations, red zone, I mean, these are all things that Arkansas really put a heavy emphasis on improving, you know, throughout the entire offseason. Sam Pittman talked about it a ton, uh, but we've still been seeing some issues with, with most of those things, right? I mean, if you just look back to the BYU game last weekend, uh, Arkansas was two of thirteen on on third downs. They had a that turnover on downs on on fourth and inches there at midfield. Uh, they got stopped on on the red zone for the first time all season. Had to settle for a field goal at one point, and you know that final two minute drive at the at the end of the game there. I mean, it was just it was a mess. I mean, it went mm -hmm. wrong in just about every way you could imagine. So, you know, when you put an emphasis on that kind of stuff, you, you'd like to see better. Uh, better results there. So, so I don't know, you know, it, it's a combination of things, whether it's just poor execution or, you know, play calling decision-making, I don't know, but obviously these things can all just, you know, be the difference in the outcome of the football game. Uh, it costs Arkansas at home and, and it'll certainly cost them on the road if they don't mm -hmm. clean some of that stuff up. Are the Razorbacks ready to rumble in Baton Rouge? Question I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, Death Valley at night, it's, that's about as intimidating as it gets. And, you know, in terms of an atmosphere, you know, I, I think you can since simulate all the crowd noise you, you want to at practice. I mean, my ears are still ringing from that stuff the last couple of days Awful. out there. But, yeah, I was brutal. It's brutal. But, I mean, you've got to be locked in and ready to play when you go down there. It, it'll get you. You know, I, mm. I kind of think back to that game at Georgia a couple of years ago, how Arkansas, they, man, they just looked – 
overwhelmed out of the gates there. And, you know, I, I think about a team this year that just had 14 penalties. A, a lot of them were procedural pre-snap things at home last week. Uh, and I, I worry a little bit about how they're going to respond in that environment, especially early on before they settle in. Uh, I, I hope they're ready. They better be, but I, I don't know that I can call it right now. I, I hope that they're working some, you know, without that noise. <laughs> you know, just I, know. I, I don't know how you can think with that stuff going on because it is. I've I've been to Death Valley several times. I've been to night games there as well. I don't know that I've ever heard it as awful as what they were piping through there. <laughs> this oh week. man, it's it's absolutely brutal. I mean, we're sitting out there trying to to take notes and observations, and mm-hmm. the you know twenty minutes or whatever we're out there, I couldn't even focus on that. So mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine trying to uh, trying to call a football game and go out there and execute. But hey, that's that's why you work on it. Yeah, I'm just plugging my ears. Uh, can the Hogs contain LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels? Um, Jaden Daniels is playing as well as he has ever played this last game, 30 or 34. I've talked about that already. Um, but he's also a threat on the ground. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he looked so good against Mississippi State last week. I, you're right. I mean, he was he was on it. Uh, and when you've got a playmaker like Malik Neighbors to throw the ball to, I, I think that's you know that definitely helps. And uh, they're going to be you know the most dynamic duo that Arkansas has seen so far this season. I, I think by a, a wide margin. And you know the the secondary I think has been much improved. But BYU did expose them, and you know a few moments here and there. Uh, you know, in that game last weekend, and, and you're right, man, Daniels has been slinging it. Uh, we know what he can do with his legs, but at the same time, Arkansas really limited him last year. What was the 8 of 15 passing? They sacked him seven mm-hmm. times. I know it's, you know, new personnel, new coordinators, new teams, and all those things, but uh, they found a blueprint for success, you know, when it comes to slowing him down a little bit. And, and obviously, uh, that's a guy that you really got to key in on and, and try to contain the best you can. I mean, if he has a game like he did in Starkville last weekend, you, you don't give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you can bottle him up a little bit and, and, you know, hold him, you know, to his averages or a little bit below, you give yourself a much better chance. Flipping it to the other side of the ball, does Arkansas have a plan for Harold Perkins this time? They obviously did not last time because he was all over the place, kind of spying Malik Hornsby in that game. And But really at the same time, you know, he wasn't like everybody's pick to be preseason SEC player of the year. He was just a freshman. But this year he is, and that was kind of his breakout game last year. So does Arkansas have a plan for him that you think this time? They have to, surely. Yeah, I mean, they better. And, and that, that question was kind of in jest, just that – you know, maybe that comment was taken a little bit out of context in, in the press conference last year, but I'll never forget Ricky Stromberg saying, no, we really didn't have a game plan for him mm-hmm. uh, it, because it's not just him, right? I mean, they've got Makai Wingo, they've got the Mason Smith guy. I mean, they've got some real playmakers uh, there in that front seven, and Arkansas has to account for it. And, and to me, it's like, you know, imagine being on, on an offensive line or, or maybe just the offense in general that's really working through some issues right now. And, and you're trying to prepare for guys like Harold Perkins, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Arkansas, to me, they're kind of in a position up front where they, they really need to focus on themselves and, and working out the kinks and getting some things right. Uh, but you've got to have a plan for these guys. It's it, it's a daunting task. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but uh, they get paid the big bucks to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, you know, just like on the other side of the ball, uh, Jaden Daniels and neighbors, those guys are going to present the biggest challenge Arkansas has seen all year. Uh, the same thing's true here for, for this offense and, and containing some of these disruptive guys that LSU has on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're going to have to really elevate their game because these guys can really, really wreak some havoc. Really get after it, yes. Um, 
Well, K.J. Jefferson returned to form. I mean, I, I was saying last week that, you know, we're not going to see two kind of off – because I thought he was off against Kent State, too. I was like, we don't see back-to-back golf games by K.J. Jefferson, but sure enough, we did. And that's going to be a product a lot of times of not having enough protection, and uh, that was certainly an issue. But these two quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels and K.J. Jefferson, were kind of flip-flop, depending on whatever list you looked at, as the top quarterback, you know, in the SEC. So, I mean – you know KJ sees that and sees what Jaden Daniels has done, and he's kind of been lackluster so far. You think he'll return to form? I, I hope so. It, it's just been weird, hasn't it? I mean, it, you kind of nailed it, especially the last two weeks. You know, KJ hasn't been awful or anything like that, but he just hasn't looked like the vintage mm-hmm. KJ Jefferson. You know, is he more banged up maybe than than we realize? Yeah. I mean, is he thinking too much in yeah, this new offense, offense? Getting yeah. comfortable. Um, I, I don't know, but you know what, I, what I do know is Arkansas goes as KJ goes, right? I mean, he's the engine that drives the offense and drives the team. Uh, you got to get him going and looking like, like you mentioned there, the all sec caliber version of himself. And, and, you know, I, I agree, you know, it, it just, you know, Pittman, I thought made a pretty good point earlier in the week where he said, you know, everything that Arkansas is getting offensively, like none of it's coming easy. It's all been kind of hard and it's, it's just a little bit out of sync right now, or uh, maybe just not clicking and firing all, on all cylinders the way you'd like it to. And uh, that's going to happen, you know, at early portions of the season, but you got to start figuring it out. And, uh, you know, especially with Rocket Sanders out right now, uh, KJ Jefferson, I mean, that that's your guy, that's your dude. And, and he's the kind of guy that can put a team on his back and, and go win you a game on the road in a place like this. So you got to have his A game and, and whether that's kind of tailoring things to his strengths or, uh, you know, getting his confidence going, getting him healthy. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of things, but you've got to have KJ's A game in Death Valley. Arkansas has to feed its it studs. This is your last question. Um, <laughs> Obviously, a lot of people are asking questions, why isn't Isaiah Satania touching the ball? Um, you know, A.J. Green has like three carries for 63 yards on his first three carries and, you know, doesn't carry the ball that much after that. I mean, he has like six more carries and stuff, but you got to feed the studs. That's something that goes back to, the I think, the Petrino days when we first started hearing that comment and we've kind of adopted it every every season after that. Um, what do you think? you think they're going to try to get Isaiah on the on the field and, and maybe feed A.J. a little bit more? I don't think we're expecting Rocket to play. Right, yeah, I, I sure hope so. I mean, I, it's been talked about a lot, and I, I think part of what could help K.J. get going is, is really getting the playmakers established around him. I, I feel like they've done a pretty good job of that with, with Andrew Armstrong, but who else? You know, can you get more targets for Luke has, or you know, is he going to have to kind of stay inside and, and help more as a blocker in a game mm-hmm. like this? You know, uh, they've been they've been flashing uh, you know Tesla some in, in the slot in practice. I don't know if they're just you know doing that as one of their you know things to mix it up in fastball, or if that's something they're looking at, or is it Satania? I mean, I, I thought you nailed it with the walk and talk last week, where you said, hey. You know, maybe, maybe he's got some issues with blocking or whatever, but you got to give him the ball and have people blocking for him. I mean, yep. when he touches it, he's so electric out there. And and then, yeah, you know, especially with, you know, with Rocket out right now, uh, I just look at A.J. Green. I see a guy that's averaging almost double the yards per carry than any other back, and you know, he didn't get double-digit touches in, the, in this last game. So, uh, you know, maybe that's the guy that you really kind of feed the ball to in a rushing attack to get things going. I mean, he's – he's kind of been the guy that's made a big play here and there. He's averaging 6.8 yards a carry. Uh, you're trying to establish the rushing attack, so maybe that's your dude, and, and K.J. Jefferson can kind of feed off of that. We know he's a dual-threat dynamic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, getting those guys established, they got to do it. Are they going to? 
they always kind of seem like they have the intent. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we see it and sometimes we don't. So I guess the jury's still out. Yeah. You know, whenever I hear a coach say, um, we got to find ways to get him the ball. No, you don't. <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> You just, just get him the ball. Right. Anytime, anytime somebody, a coach says that, the guy never gets the ball. I mean, that's just <laughs> – you just get him the ball. All right, Curtis, we'll get you out real quick with this. Score prediction. You got it? You know what you're going with? Yeah, yeah I think so. You know, as, as much as, you know, I'd love to, to say, hey, Arkansas is going to figure it all out and go in here and pull the upset in Death Valley. I mean, like, there's for me right now, there's just there's too many questions and not enough answers. I, I think that this team is going to come ready to play, uh, and I think they're going to play well, but I, I don't know that there's going to be enough right now for them to get it done in, in Death Valley. Against an LSU team, it's got a lot of really dynamic playmakers. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't I don't remember what the spread is, 17 and a half or yep. something like that. I, I, I think Arkansas is going to cover that, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to lose this one, you know, somewhere in the range of – I don't know, 31-21, 31-24. We'll go 31-21. So I I think that's kind of where I'm at with this one. I don't think it's going to be a a poor, poor showing by any means, but I don't know if they've got enough to get it done right now. All right, Curtis. Appreciate you joining us, brother. You got it anytime. All right, everybody. That's Kurt Wilkerson. Again, you can follow Curtis at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He's a Hogsports senior analyst. Does a great job for us at hogsports.com. And – We've been certainly lucky to have him the past several years now. So, 31-21 is what Curtis goes. I went 27-17, so we're both thinking maybe a little bit lower. I guess we both went under and, and Arkansas covering in this one. doesn't mean that Arkansas can't win the game. Things happen in college football all the time, you know. So, it doesn't mean they can't win the game. It just means, I mean, you got to be kind of crazy, I guess, to – or, you know – an eternal optimist uh, after the way Arkansas played against BYU and the way that LSU played against Mississippi State uh, to pick Arkansas in this one. But it doesn't mean they can't win. You know, they're going to play. Arkansas is going to go down there and they're going to play the game. They're not just going to say, oh, 17 and a half. Well, why are we even going? That's that's just not how it works, right? We see upsets in college football all the time. You know, you look and say, oh, there's no chance this team will win, no chance this team will win. But when you look at a top 10, all those teams are falling most of the time. You know, usually the national champion has like one loss. So all those teams are probably falling, and a lot of them are getting two losses. So it's going to happen. You know, you, just because you're the better team doesn't necessarily mean that you, uh, you know, are going to win the game. It's just that's football sometimes. So I still think Arkansas has got – if they can get the offensive line shored up, if they can get these penalties taken care of – I will stand by what I say, that Arkansas has the most talented roster that they have had since Sam Pittman has been here. They do. And there's just, I just I don't have any doubt in my mind. Now, do they have a trailing Burks on this team? No, they don't. But when you look at the overall depth and quality and veteranness, if that's a word, I still think they have the best team that they have. What Arkansas has to do now, now that they've dropped this LS or excuse me, this BYU game that they should have won, is they've got to pick up one somewhere. I've, I've got them at eight and four. I'm not just like coming off of that and saying it's impossible now, but they've got to pick up one somewhere. Whether I think I had them going four and one down the final stretch, um, so maybe that, and I had them losing to Missouri because I'm just picking them to lose to Missouri now because that's what happens. So maybe flip that around. You know, the Florida game looks a little tougher than it did in week one. Um, But I still think this is the best Arkansas team that's going to go to Florida 
so far and the best Florida team – or excuse me, the worst Florida team that Arkansas is going to face in the swamp also. So they need to take advantage of that opportunity. I know everybody's like, what are you, crazy, Trey? Because they just lost and you're off that emotion. You're like, this team isn't going to a bowl game. We'll see how things shake out and how things can turn around, you know. Um, you know, sometimes when your back's against the wall, if you've got any fight in you at all, you know, you can turn things around. So, you never know. But uh, Arkansas has got to pick up one. I, you know, this four-game stretch, I had them going one and three in this four-game stretch. I can't remember the game I had them winning. I think it was – I think I have them going to Texas A&M and winning. I think that's the game I picked. Uh, you know, they usually play Ole Miss well. That's usually a close game. You know, Alabama's having problems at quarterback. It's still Alabama and Tuscaloosa. But somewhere, whether it's the back end of the schedule where I have them going, you know, uh, four and one, or this four-game stretch where I have them going one and three, somewhere, if they can pick up a win there, then maybe they can get back on track and get a little momentum. Obviously, the BYU game is extremely disappointing when you look at And that's the reason so many people are upset right now. It's because you had these three games. They seem like all very winnable games. You know, and people like – I've heard people talk about the 24-7 sports composite, you know, in Arkansas's 13th in the SEC on that, you know, talent ranking. Well, BYU is like 79th and they still won, you know. That doesn't mean everything, especially in the transfer portal world. You know, you could have a great talent composite, but it could, they could all be freshmen, you know, that are your your highest-rated guys. So that doesn't mean everything. I, I think Arkansas has got a lot of veteran leadership on this team, and they've got to get some things figured out in the offensive line. Really need Devon Manuel, A, to be back, as I've said, and B, to be good. And that will help them, I think, also. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tell you who can help you is Ozarks Go. Ozarks Go, if you're looking for internet, you're disappointed in your ISP, uh, then go check out our friends at Ozarks Go. You can reach them at ozarksgo.net slash H-A-W-G or call them at 479-684-4900. Local company. You're never going to have, at least my experience, you're never going to have any downtime with your internet. It just works. And everybody's easily able to get on. I have great bandwidth, so it's not just dragging all my devices, your Alexas, computers, phones, televisions, all that stuff just works seamlessly. Security cameras, any of that kind of stuff, um, just works seamlessly with ozarksgo.net slash hog. Two nice gentlemen come over, set you up, and they'll be out of your hair, and you'll have lightning-fast internet. I use the megabit. There's also gigabit. There's several different tiers. They're not going to 
rope you in with some low rate and then jack you up the next year, you're just going to pay the same rate you did uh, start to finish. So go check out our friends at ozarksgo.net slash hog, available in northwest Arkansas, parts of Oklahoma, Missouri. And they're getting out into Rogers now, so if you're listening in Rogers and you want to find out a little bit more, uh, you can call them and talk to somebody local. ozarksgo.net slash hog. Go check them out. Um, if you're disappointed with your internet or if you want to find out if there's something better, because I assure you there is if you got somebody else. I've been using them for two and a half years, been very pleased with the service. So I talked a little bit about my history going to Arkansas games over the last several years. My road victory or my uh, my bowl game record is seven and four. Arkansas has won in Baton Rouge. Actually, Arkansas is actually four and eleven against the Tigers in Death Valley. Okay, so Arkansas first played at Tiger Stadium in nineteen ninety three. They also played in like nineteen oh one, nineteen oh six, nineteen oh seven. But Tiger Stadium wasn't even erected until nineteen twenty four. So uh, Arkansas is four and eleven there. The first time they played there was in 1993. That was also Arkansas's second year in the SEC. That was the first time, you know, as conference members, that was the back end of a of the first home-and-home, home, I guess you'd say. Uh, all the wins were at night, except uh, except the 2007 game, which kicked off at 1.45 p.m. That was a 50-48. Uh, was that triple overtime? Was that over? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm having a hard, hard time remembering back to 2000 and – and seven, but um, that game kicked off at one forty-five. But it was Friday after Thanksgiving. It was dark by the end of the game. Obviously, yeah, it was triple overtime. Um, that game lasted four hours and twenty minutes. It ended at six oh five. The nineteen ninety-three game was three hours and one minute. So it lasted. It lasted three hours and one minute. So it started at three oh six and ended at six oh seven p.m. That was tied for the longest game that season. I was going – so I got kind of not in a wormhole, but I started looking at all these game times. And you can go back and look at the old box scores, and it shows you, like, how long these games lasted. And I'm looking at 1993, and, like, they played Memphis that year, and it's like two hours and 40 minutes. They t- played Tulsa. It's like two hours and 33 minutes. In fact, again, the longest game was three hours and one minute. You've got games now that go four hours. Now they obviously made some changes to pull that back. They haven't – what the difference is these games – First of all, you didn't have a lot of hurry-up, spread offenses and stuff like that. But also, the commercial breaks were different back then. And now you got them shortening the game to accommodate more commercial breaks. And that's why these games are so long now. It's commercials. But, like, you, uh, and I was going back, I was like, you know, what, what did 92 look like? What did 94, 95, 96? And they're all like this, like two and a half hours to three-hour games. Like, all the way across the board. And I'm not sure exactly when it changed. I didn't get all the way up to the point where, um, where the times really started making you know a difference. But uh, at some point there, the games got exceedingly longer. Hogs won 42-24 back in 1993. They won 16-13 in 2021. That was Arkansas's nine-win season under Pittman. 31-14 in 2015. So the 16-13 game was a 6.39 p.m. kickoff. Uh, the 2015 game, I remember that game well. There was a lot of Louisiana flavor on Arkansas's roster that year. Uh, 6.22 p.m. kickoff for that one. And then the 50-48 uh, game in 2007, as I mentioned, was 145. This is the earliest that Arkansas and LSU have ever played also, this game coming up. 
So I guess it'll probably be the hottest game that they've ever played um, in, in Baton Rouge, which I think it's supposed to be like 82 degrees at kickoff. Heartbreaking defeats include a 31-27 Arkansas loss in 2013 in Baton Rouge, 33-30 loss in 2009, a 19-7 loss in 2005, and a 41-38 loss in 2001. There were plenty of butt kickings too. 56-20 in 2019, Joe Burrow and the gang, 41-17 in 2011, 55-24 in 2003, and 35-10 in 1999. LSU also smoked the Hogs 28-0 in 1995 as the Arkansas Razorbacks were stopping off on their way to the SEC championship game. I believe they had an interim coach that year too. So I still think it's wild that I can go back that far, like to 2016 since I actually attended – at Arkansas regular season road win. I mean, that's a lot of trips I've taken. More, I've made more road games than I've missed, like pretty pretty easily. And the fact that I, um, it's just like you get exhausted. You know, you're it's a work trip, so and a lot of these games are night games and stuff, and you just get exhausted and. You know, you're just beaten down from – that's probably one time reason I was so pissed off back in 2019. <laughs> I was just fed up with it. Will the streak continue this week? Be a good walk and talk if it doesn't. You want to check out some questions? Let's see real quick. So Arkansas is the only team with injuries. Why, why do you say that? That's kind of a Bobby Hobson. Why would you say Arkansas is the only team with injuries? Bobby Hobson's – okay, I got you, Bobby. You're one of those guys. At the end of the year, Bobby uh, Pittman will look just as bad as Morris. So this is Bobby Hobson saying this. I'm sorry, Bobby. That's just kind of ignorant. Dalton Adams says, there goes the phrase again, this team – why are you doing half capital and half – I'm not going to – why would you – like, I can't – like, guys, if you're going to put comments on there, first of all, don't put ignorant stuff on there. But if you're going to put comments on there, like why would you like alternate capital and lowercase between every letter so I can't read it or do do shorthand? It makes it impossible. All right. I'm not reading any of your stuff, Bobby. Dalton says, Dalton Adams says, I honestly think Pittman talked himself into a corner by hyping up the entire running back room so he can't just go with the hot hand and has to distribute touches. I hope that's not true, Dalton. Jay Harris says 5610 LSU. Nathan Post says, SEC Nation talked. Perkins hasn't been playing like last year so far. It kind of stinks that, like, you know, they figured out pretty early against Florida State, like, hey, we got we to gotta go back to using this guy a different way. Yeah, you wish that would have happened against Arkansas where they figured out they were misusing Harold Perkins. SEC Nation talked like Perkins hasn't been playing like last year so far this week in town. Uh, he'll show and be an All-American probably. Bobby Hobson, I'm not reading your stuff. Ron Wells says 35-10, LSU. Justin Williams says LSU is not more talented than Arkansas. People are funny. I meant, I mean our O-line ain't been playing well, but we have good defenses and a solid offense. LSU is not that much more talented than – I mean, they are. Okay, you're saying that. Okay, got you. Scott Alexander says KJ is keeping the ball on the RPI, RPO you mean. Can't get running game going if – proposing D's guys come on Bobby Bobby's all over the place 
if Rocket is hurt, start Green as RB. He doesn't have – he doesn't dance and he hits the holes. Um, AJ's been playing be- the best of the running backs. Now, I think you can use Dominic Johnson and misuse Dominic Johnson. Like, he shouldn't be catching, you know, swing passes really. Uh, we saw that. But he also had two carries for 14 yards. I think he had another carry. There was a penalty on it, and he had a, he had a good run on that one too. I do think you can use Dominic Johnson effectively, but AJ to me is proven that he does, he should be the guy. He should be the guy getting like 15 carries a game. I'm not a big fan, as I stated many times, of rotating running backs one after another. I just I hate that. I hate doing that. If you've got a guy that's hot, keep going to him. Now you can't just like give him 30 carries. I understand that, but keep going to your hot running back. Don't just like rotate guys just to be doing it. I despise when that happens. I despise people who think that, like, we're just going to rotate and they're all equal. They're not. Guys get hot. You go with a hot hand. Something Houston Nutt was always good at. Zachary Beeler says, Hawks keep it close, Trey. They'll even be up in the fourth quarter. We will see if they can pull it out. What's up, Zachary? Ryan White says, excuse me, Ryan Willett says, could Ole Miss be one you wasn't expecting us to pick one up? It could be. I mean, they handled Ole Miss pretty good last year, but this will be back in Oxford, probably looking for a little redemption. K.J. Jefferson, obviously, is from Sardis, Mississippi, right down the road from Oxford. Um, you saw how much that meant to him last year, but I feel like maybe he kind of got his revenge last year. Um, so we'll see. But that's usually a good game. Bill Davis says, feed the studs, keep green on the field. Yes, Justin Williams says – uh, a lot of cuss words. Guys, come on. I mean, one F-bomb after another. Chris Corley says Florida just stomped Tennessee. Yep. As you say, the Hawks should beat them in the swamp. Hope they do, but we'll see how both teams trend. Yep. Florida uh, looked a lot better, obviously. And I didn't see that game. I don't. I shouldn't say they looked better. That was an argument I was having with ChatGPT or Bart, Bard. I was, like, asking them what their favorite sport was, and they were, like, telling me what their favorite sport was. And, like, you're being disingenuous. You never played this sport. And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't play. And I was like, well, you know, doing. I was, like, testing it out. And I was like, well, you're being disingenuous by telling people and, and commenting on table tennis like you played, and you haven't. And eventually it actually figured it out <laughs> when I asked it later. But, no, I did not see the uh, Tennessee-Florida game at all. I, didn't even, I don't even think I saw a highlight of the game. Logan Ray says, were the underdogs in the game Saturday night? Play with that mentality. Go prove everybody else wrong. Yep, everybody's like everybody's down on you, Arkansas. Your fans are down on you. Not everybody, not all the fans, but the one, the vocal ones <laughs> who are mad or are, are letting everybody hear about it, making all kinds of personal insults, all kinds of crap going out there on social media. Sam Pittman's even deleted his Twitter account, I believe. I can't find it. Tired of, you know, I guess just blocking out the outside noise. Andrew Madden says, Pittman's got to reinstate, by the way, his his Twitter account. Like, you don't have to look at it, but you can't be the only coach in the SEC without a Twitter account, no matter what kind of stuff is coming at you. But I get blocking out the outside noise. Andrew Madden says, is there a philosophical full, philosophical difference between Ben Souter's strength and conditioning and Ben Hurt? Well, I do know that they increase the amount, uh, the amount of times that they lift. You know, it seems like more – powerlifting seemed like fatigue was setting in on the line on top of I definitely think um you know Chambly that Chambly and Kudis especially Chambly I think looked kind of like exhausted by the end of the game those guys are a year away I mean Chambly I think especially is, is a year away I think he's got a lot of talent he's just 
he's where Devon Manuel was kind of like last year. And I feel like as a redshirt sophomore, Devon Manuel should be ready to get in there and play. I think maybe you, you play both of them on Saturday. But hopefully you get um, you get him – you get Manuel ready to play in this game. They need him. Kingsley says, laugh my A off at the fans in the comments. Being upset is okay. I'm upset too. But y'all are just being weird. There's Yeah, there's a couple of really weird posts in here. Zachary Beeler says, we lose on the last second field goal. 30-27 Hogs play their hearts out. It'll be like 2009. I remember that well. That was uh, – I believe it's a hot to miss that one. Nathan Post – was it Todd in that one, 2009? I guess it would have been, yeah. Uh, how much practice time – was that how that game ended? Am I remember 2009 right? Yeah. Yeah, Arkansas played well, right, had Ron Mallett. How much practice time is spent on QBs taking snaps under center? I don't know that exactly. I mean, I've seen them do it. I couldn't tell you exactly how much time. But obviously that's been a big sore spot with fans. Um, you know, why not do the tush-push with K.J. Jefferson lined up under center? I will say when they did that against Western Carolina, they lined him up under center at the goal line and the ball's on the ground. They didn't get the clean center quarterback exchange. Here's my thoughts on it. Arkansas just isn't a good fourth and one team. They're not, they haven't been a good goal line team this all of last year and so far this year. They just haven't. They got lucky also. Uh, was it Kent State? They had the low snap, balls on the ground, picks it up and throws it to the end zone. That was KJ being KJ, but the ball's on the ground at the goal line. Um, you know, that fourth and one where they uh, – the week before. They just haven't been a good fourth down team. There was another fourth down where they didn't get it um, already this season, my fourth and short. So – Punt, you're up 10. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the analytics say. You're up 10 points. Your defense is playing lights out. Let's get a punt there. And hopefully it's not a 10-yard shank. We're going to see both punters this week. I kind of commented that on that earlier this week on drive time. But we're going to see both. It's unfortunate because Max Fletcher can kick it probably better than when he gets a hold of it. Probably the best punter Arkansas has had in – I mean, I can't even think – how far back but the guy can boom it and it's unfortunate because he can also shank it and and does so a lot Pittman going to be fine he's our guy and we need him I don't think like guys this season would have to completely spiral out of control and just be a disaster I don't like the people like calling for Sam Pittman's head and stuff you're just it's a long season people we're we're a quarter of the way through right now, a quarter of the way through the season. And there's a lot of people out there who think they know everybody's colors. And the truth is you don't just yet. You just don't. Ebbs and flows. Cole Big Red Eddie says, Trey, I honestly think the Hogs are going to upset LSU. Cole, I know you. You're the eternal optimist. I think this weekend we will see a different look from the Hogs on offense. Enos will open up the playbook. So – you know, if you go back to 2015, we referenced this season a lot, um, but Arkansas's offense did not get going until that triple overtime game against Auburn in the middle of the season, you know. And that was like 17-17 at the end of regulation. But they didn't – I don't think Arkansas scored over 30 points against a notable opponent. You know, maybe after the first game, I think they had a, an easier opponent, and then week two was Toledo. And this didn't – the offense didn't get going, and then suddenly it just took off. So I don't know – how they move that part of the season up earlier, but they need the offense to get going. Defense, I think, is playing fine. We'll see. This is their toughest challenge, obviously. We'll get a we'll get a good idea of, of how good this defense maybe is this weekend. Landon Montgomery says, I don't care about snaps. Uh, stats, Enos offense does not win. 
Cole says predicting eight and four with a bowl win, nine and four. KJ better now from being bang- is KJ better now from being banged up? I don't know how banged up he was, but Pittman kind of indicated that he would be better. Landon Montgomery says it's difficult to see Satania should be playing over Wilson. It's not difficult for me. I don't know why it's difficult for the coaches. Matt Spence says, does Enos change his play calling by turning K.J. loose, or does he stay stubborn and conservative? Receivers can't stretch the field. Quarterback can't set his feet. Well, the the big thing with K.J. is he's got to feel comfortable in the pocket, and it's going to be tough against this LSU defensive line and defensive front overall, Harold Perkins included. Um, but that's a big part of it is he's got to feel comfortable and not rushed. Any quarterback who feels rushed is not going to play well most of the time. But any quarterback, most quarterbacks who have time to throw, they can sit in the pocket, and they're going to probably try to move the pocket some this week. But any court, if you give K.J. time to throw and he feels comfortable, he'll light LSU up. I don't care what they got in the secondary. And that's kind of a weaker spot for them. But if he gets time to throw, he'll light them up. If he doesn't, it'll look a lot like last week. If the Hogs end October 2-5, and five, what are the conversations? That's a big – I think that's one reason you see so much um, animosity and so much anger from fans is because they're looking ahead and they're seeing this four-game stretch, and they're like 2-5. and five. So if the Hogs end October 2-5, and five, it'll be a lot more people talking about the most pissed-off people right now. The people who are the most pissed right now, um, you'll see a lot more people talking like that. Thomas Waters says, Trey, do you think Pittman is like Houston Nutt in a way of being a player's coach, or do you think he can light a fire in the team like Petrino? I mean, Nutt could light a fire in the team too. I don't know if he's like either one of them really. I don't know if I would say he's like either one of them. He's just kind of his own guy. Casey French Fulton says, Pittman deleted his Twitter. Everyone is saying, I guess he's over everyone. Tom Harden says, I love Sam Pittman. Jay Says says, and I'll say this, and I say this in the walk and talk. Sam Pittman, first of all, he doesn't deserve all the all the hate he's getting. Um, but this was a situation when he took over. This was a job that nobody wanted, and it landed and fell in Pittman's lap. And he got the program back on solid footing to where – I mean, guys, Arkansas just lost to a Big 12 team, okay, in BYU. I mean, it's not like they lost to – well, you know, Liberty like they lost to last year. But um, it's not like they lost to – San Jose State or Portland State or anybody like that. Um, They lost to a a notable program at home in a game they shouldn't have lost. But this this program isn't in humiliation stage like it was when Pittman took over. Pittman took the program. He put it back on solid footing. He took them away from being the laughingstock of college football. They won nine games in 2021. Um, you know, they, they took a step back last year. They obviously lost a lot of close games, but they took a step back last year. The thing is that we want to see now, it's year four. You've had time to put your stamp on the program. Now, they've had – thank goodness for the transfer portal because 2020 was a rough year for recruiting. You had a very quick turnaround. Then 2021 was COVID, and now you've got like two players from that 2020 class on your roster and probably like six or seven, I think, from the next class. Like those first two classes were not very good top to bottom. So the transfer portal really helped them. Having that 2021 year where you could have so many guys come back as super seniors was big for the program as well. Um, but at the same time, I mean, 
guys that should be like redshirt juniors and stuff aren't on – there's just not those guys. Like you you had to hit the transfer portal to bring those types of guys in. But he got the program back on solid footing. You just want now to see with, again, what I feel like is the best roster top to bottom that they've had since he's been at Arkansas. Um, you'd like to see them take that next step, a step, you know, basically getting back to 2021. I mean, that's where you'd like to see them finish the season out, in my opinion. But you'd love to see them take the next step and – I don't know. Everybody's discouraged, and I, I can't blame you for being discouraged. I, I feel the same way. Like, they should have won that. You have to win that game, especially when you look at the stretch coming up. Dustin Pleasant says, BYU could also just be that good. Well, yeah, we don't know what L, we don't know what BYU is. I don't think that they have the defensive line that, uh, that LSU has. Kingsley says, Trey, do you think all the fans' negativity online affects recruiting? I'm pretty sure the kids see it. I mean, it, it affects – they they see it, but every fan base has fans that are like even Alabama. You know, I mean, even you know LSU. How do you think LSU fans were, were after the Florida State game? Fire Brian Kelly, probably. Winning cures all. I mean, it's an emotional game, and there's a lot of highs and lows. As I said before, you lose a game you shouldn't, and it's time to burn it all down. And you win a game you shouldn't, and SEC championship game doesn't seem far-fetched. It's, it's the way it is. All right, let's see if we got anything different. Uh, how will the Hogs win it Saturday? Can't see it happening. Well, I mean, they've got to get better protection for KJ. If they do that, I think they'll be in the game. Uh, obviously, you know, you would like Jaden Daniels not to have – the game that he had last time, more like the game that he had last year um, versus last week. But um, you just got to figure out some things on the offensive line. I don't know that the answer is there. You know, I don't know that maybe you do things different, you you know, more quick passing game and stuff. You need KJ to have one of his best games, period. You need him to have one of his best games. Okay, let's see. Jay says, says, my point is that Trey has said that Chambly and Kudis are a year away from being SEC ready. The TP full of, I mean, okay. Which road game is harder coming up, LSU or Bama? LSU, I think. I think LSU, just because Bama is still trying to figure some things out at quarterback, I think they'll get it figured out. I mean, they're Alabama, they, you know, Milrow. He'll get there. I think they've kind of figured out that, okay, this is our guy. And, uh, I mean, they have. So, um, right now I'll say this LSU game, like you're opening things up with a really tough one on the road. So, that's where things are. All right, everybody. I want to thank Glenn West for hopping on and joining us from Go 24-7. Of course, Curtis Wilkerson. Appreciate all of you and your questions, even though I got frustrated with – who did I get frustrated with? Now it rolled off, but sorry, I probably shouldn't have gotten that frustrated. I just thought some of your takes were a little ridiculous. All right, everybody. Um, I guess next time I see you, I'll be walking around Death Valley Tiger Stadium. If it's a win, then it'll be the best walk and talk you ever saw, I guess. And uh, if it's a loss, then it'll be uh, pretty common <laughs> to a lot of other ones. So um, I'll see you guys uh, from Baton Rouge. It'll be a late one. So I'll see you guys from Baton Rouge Saturday night, maybe Sunday morning. 
It'll be late. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.